All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of THP Strength. Today, we are going to be talking with one of the athletes that trains probably the hardest out, one of the, one of the hardest training athletes um, that I've ever coached, and also someone that is super consistent and diligent about the training, um, and that is Cami Colville. We also have Connor. Connor, say hi. Hi, I'm Connor. <laughs> Isaiah and Hunter, you guys can say hi too. Hello. Hello. Just, just because this is a podcast and people will be listening, <laughs> not necessarily watching. Um, so yeah, we'll kind of, we'll get into it here, Cami. So, uh, Hunter was asking a, a bit of these questions beforehand, but yeah, roughly how long have you been working with, uh, THP and then, um, where were you beforehand? Where are you now? What are your numbers look like? All that, all that stuff. So I started off back in April, so it's about six and a half months now, I think. So I started off, like, I think you, like, DM'd me through Instagram. Like, we've kind of known each other for a bit. Um, so you DM'd me off one of my stories because I had, like, knee pain. So that was kind of a big reason with, like, joining THP was to help get rid of the knee pain. Um, so, yeah, so that was back in April. And some of the numbers, so I started off with about, um, like, a 100 kilo, like, squat um and it's like gone way up since then it's gone to like 110 now and i think it's probably more than that as well so see yeah next real, time real quick it. just for just for people for perspective how much do you weigh and uh what is that in pounds or i guess i can do the conversion so, for people in pounds but yeah, yeah what do you weigh and how tall are you perfect so um um 56 point um three kilos i think it was when i did that so i think that's about 123 pounds roughly and then the squat was 242.5 pounds. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah. just under double body weight. Yeah, what's actually interesting about that too, a lot of people don't know this, whenever you see that standard, um, it starts kind of back from Burko Shansky and the recommendations that he had for plyometrics, right? So it was like, look, you gotta get this strong at least two times body weight if you're gonna start doing plyos. That's just a general recommendation. It's not gonna see, you're not gonna see the same benefit if you start doing the way beforehand. But most people don't know it or what what people uh most people don't know is that those squats i believe were to parallel so when you start adding you know 20 plus degrees of knee flexion to your squat and x number of displacement downwards you're increasing the internal um requirement to produce intramuscular force because you're at a disadvantage you're you're at a mechanical disadvantage so when you're talking about Cami's squat numbers what do you think you could uh or i guess keep that in mind first off if you're listening and then second off cammy what do you think you could half squat probably don't what know you've I never done it uh, i'm not sure i've never really pushed it maybe like in the 130 to 140 range if i really kind of like pushed it i think so like two and a half times body weight yeah maybe so like that's 2.7 yeah and people don't a lot of people don't realize that but like actually cammy is far beyond that two times two times body weight in the way of that that metric um you know if you can get someone that squats two times body weight as to grass that's that's killer i think isaiah for you that's what 330 or something like that or 340 uh three 355 around there 355 and i would consider you yeah. to be one of the strongest jumpers i've ever seen so a lot of people uh that look at those metrics sometimes uh fail to realize that that isn't a half squat not necessarily in a deep squat. And I've realized this through anecdote as well as going back and watching some of the, the training videos from the, the Russians actually, when they were doing the shock training 
I don't, I don't know if it's from Burko Shansky. I'm sure you guys have seen those videos too, but uh, Cammy's five, five, is that correct? Cammy five, six, five, five. Yeah. Five, five, the five, five. And he's dunked on nine, 11, nine, 10 and a half. Is that right? Nine, 10 and a quarter, nine, 10 and a quarter. So for what's your reach? My reach is seven, three and a half, seven, what? A long reach. Seven, three and a half, seven, three and a half, seven, three and a half. And that is without fudging it whatsoever. For perspective, my reach is uh, seven eleven <laughs> and like a half or something like that. And Isaiah's is eight one. So Isaiah almost has not a foot, but you know he's like his reach is ten inches higher than what Cammy's is. So you know if we took the rim and we were like, hey, let's lower it down ten inches. What what would you do on nine two? Can you get your head over the rim on nine two? <laughs> I mean, I maybe could. I've not tried it. Maybe I should. <laughs> It's always fun to put things in perspective like that. But the reason that, um, one of the reasons why I reached out to Cammy was because first off, for those of you listening, uh, Cammy's a speed jumper, which means that he recovers his heel to his butt when he jumps off one foot. And that's super, first off, it's super uncommon to see short one foot jumpers that like really doesn't happen. And then second off to see a speed jumper is also incredibly uncommon. So you have someone, well, just in general uncommon, I guess you do usually see shorter guys that are speed jumpers. Like you see. Yana Klaassen, um, you know, the, the Danish, Danish high jumper. He's a speed jumper. I think he's like, again, around the same height that you are. Stefan Holmes was 5'10 or whatever. He's a speed jumper, um, jumps off one foot. So when you see these shorter guys, I guess you can uh, see Nick Briz, you know, they're, they're kind of like smaller in stature, usually have really thick calves, and uh, generally they're speed jumpers. So for me, I think I, I had initially found Cami in 2016 or 17, and I was just like, watching you try to dunk on, I don't even know what it was probably like nine foot at the time. I don't even know. Yeah. And, uh, I just was watching him like, this kid's a speed jumper. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, how is this kid a speed jumper? I've been trying to do this for the last, like, I don't know, six months. And I just see this, like, you know, looks like a 17 year old doing this. And I'm like, how the hell is he figuring it out? He's half as strong as I am. He's training age is not very good at all. Like he's not inherently good at plyos at the time. And I'm watching him speed jump perfectly. And I'm like, People are always saying that this is totally like a, the reason why I was so interested in Cammy is because I was like, everyone's like, well, this is totally physical. You know, you just have to have the physical capabilities to do that. And I'm like, look, my numbers are significantly better than him, <laughs> like relatively and in terms of absolutes. And I was like, it just doesn't make sense why he's a speed jumper and I'm not. So I became super interested in that and uh, started watching him train more and more, watching his technique. And I actually spent more time studying Cammy, Nick Briz, Yana Clausen during that period of time for probably the next like two or so years. And then actually had the privilege to meet Cammy at Dunk Camp, which uh, I would say you generally blew people away. I mean, Connor and Isaiah, you guys were there. Uh, did you guys see the vert testing when Cammy was doing it? So yes. I didn't see yeah. the vert testing, but <laughs> I just remember you jumping over the table long ways. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, I saw the vert testing too, but the the actual like uh, low rim contest was insane, and it it wasn't because of just the low rim like it was crazy to watch him jump yeah and the table was the best part for sure so if you guys haven't seen this video i think it went viral did it go viral cammy um it went on like baller's life i think like <laughs> i think <Scotty laughs> yeah which is awesome and it actually did like got a ton of views i think so basically yeah. i think you just approached from like the other side of the court did you jump from the foul line and ended up dunking on like what what it was literally that? like two inches inside the foul line. I and think. what was the rim height was it eight six or something or eight foot 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it was still hella impressive yeah. to see someone jump over a table and then dunk like dunk on any height is super impressive. Clearing the table and making it to the other side of the free throw line from the foul line is super difficult, uh, especially when you're five five. So for me watching that, I was like, oh my gosh, this kid I is bust my ass trying. That. <laughs> Didn't you exactly. also jump over a hurdle? Yeah, it was sixty inches. Yeah, and like that was like that was crazy. <laughs> sixty how inches. High how high? Sixty. 60 yeah and i'm 65 inches okay yeah let's what? talk about some more of these numbers let's let's talk about some of these numbers for perspective because people don't understand this all right so cammy what is your what is your back squat again 110 you said yeah 110 110 you can probably half squat 130 weighs 123 pounds so in kilos that's 242 is that what that is um what's in kilos for one one key for your deep back squat is 242. So, so you're just, you're just a hair underneath two times body weight in an acid grass yeah. squat. So for yeah. perspective, if you, I mean, as you get lighter, relative strength goes up a little bit, but he's squatting incredibly deep and he's super light. So he's almost so far in so far light that his relative strength is not peaked out. I think you see peak relative strength. Actually, you might be close. I don't know what the peak numbers are for your height. Um, it's probably like what, like 60 to 65 or something like that. And weightlifters. So, you know, maybe if you want to get your relative strength up, you could just keep gaining a little bit more mass, probably see a benefit. Uh, what's your power clean right now? So I actually PR'd on that today. So <sighs> let's um, go. 85 kilos, um, which is like 187 pounds. So 1.5 times body weight. Yeah. Wow. 187, 1.5 times body weight. So for perspective, the best I've ever done is 250, I think. And I weighed 180 at the time. So 250 divided by 180. So I was at 1.38. So Cami is <laughs> significantly more powerful than I am. Uh, that was a power clean, right? It wasn't a full clean. Yeah, uh, yeah, power clean. Yeah. So again, these numbers, you have to make them relative to body weight. It's not just always absolute. So for his weight, pound for pound, is more powerful than me. Isaiah, what's your power clean? Two seventy. So I actually just did the numbers today. I did a 1.5 times body weight power clean, yeah. and I was like screaming my ass off. There we go. It was a power clean. It was a power clean. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. yeah, I again, did I did two I did two sixty five and I and I weigh one seventy seven. So yeah, so that was today. That was a max, right? That was a daily max. So our our relative strength is actually super similar. Yeah, in terms of the val like the actual numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just put a disclaimer out there. About. You, everyone listening right now, this is not mean. Go out to the gym and try to throw up one and a half times body weight on your power clean. <laughs> Both of these athletes yeah. have worked up to this. This wasn't just like a. <laughs> yeah. Like for reference to all three of these guys, I do one point two times body weight, and that's like me screaming also. So yeah. don't So my screaming max, my screaming max is one three eight. Connor's is one two point. This is times body weight, right? Isaiah's is one five ish. Cami's is one five. Hunter, do you even know what your power clean max is? Well, Hunter's got a hurt back right now, so uh, <laughs> Hunter, how did you hurt your back? Go ahead and disclose how you hurt your back for the listeners. So what I just said, don't go into the gym and throw one and a half times body weight for a power clean. John programmed me jump squats. I thought it'd be a good idea to see how heavy I could go and still get off the ground. I think I, I, think I put like, you know, 30% of your back squat. You said light. For perspective. I went 285. What? Yeah. <laughs> one smart. That's impressive. One No, no. <laughs> it's impressive in the worst way. You should probably Correct. pay attention to the numbers. Yeah, you impressively know, bad. So if you're listening, don't do that. <laughs> Just please follow the anytime, program. Anytime I get hurt, John's, John's always like, did you do what I said? I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how'd you get hurt? It's like, well, I was going off program. It's like, well, I'm not really surprised you got hurt. <laughs> like, and um, I know why. 
exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Cammy, what was your standing vertical and then your approach vertical off one and two feet? So my standing vertical, I tested it at 31 and a half, but I think it's probably close to like 32, like on a vertex. And I've done just under 36 on like a jump mat as well. Um, so running vertical, um, that was 38, which was at dunk camp last year. But I've done 37 and a half. I did that back in August or no, September. And then two foot, I've not tested that in like two years. So like, I think it was like 34 last time I tested it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what that one's like. Your two foot technique is not very good, but you have very stiff tendons. So it makes sense. Uh, what, uh, John? Because... John, can you speak, or Cammy, can you speak to the difference between why you might see that discrepancy between a vertex and a jump mat vertical difference? Yeah, so basically the jump mat, it's not as sensitive as like, um, like I don't know, like a force plate or something like that. So basically like when you jump, you can also kind of like cheat it as well. So I try and like cheat it too. Like um, I try and like not cheat it essentially. Um, but I think I think that's it. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, yeah I'd be like curious to see why I'm a vertex. Connor. Oh, I was gonna say the cheating Cami is talking about for y'all is like on a jump mat. It starts counting as soon as it doesn't have pressure on it anymore. And then if you don't land with your legs in the same straight extended position that you took off in, it will not be accurate. Yeah, and it also some of the jump mats will start counting when your heels leave the ground and others will start counting when your tippy toes leave the ground. So, you know, you get a lot, a lot of time benefit if it starts counting when your heels leave the ground because you have the time your heel is off the ground until your toes leave the ground. So it'll say your vertical is significantly higher. And if you compare jump mats to force plates, you see that over and over and over again. Or if you use the MyJump2 app, um, you can see it as well. So, you know, when, when Isaiah looks at uh, his vertical on a jump mat, if he were to do an approach vertical on a jump mat, he'd probably test well above 50, especially the old school ones. Uh, the newer ones, like the Fusion Sport ones, those are super sensitive. So those ones, you can't cheat. But if he were to do that, he wouldn't be able to land back on the mat. Let's say if he had like a, I don't know, a two meter mat, six foot mat, uh, and jumped off the mat and landed on it again, he probably would hit well over 50 on a jump mat, just because it's gonna measure from when his heels leave the floor and when he lands, and you're not gonna land straight up and down <laughs> in the configuration that you took off. So that also uh, would change the value quite a bit. I think I think Mick hit like some absurd value on jump mat. Yeah, and I mean, Mick's vertical is pretty high, but. Yeah, I think he hit like 42. But one thing I noticed as well, so the jump mat I've got is like one of the old ones. I think it's like Phobotics jump mat or something like that. Yeah, it's like, like the one with the little slide slider on the side yeah. of it. And yeah. yeah. I did some like research into it though. Like I wanted to kind of like find out like what the kind of difference is. And I found it was roughly like 90 milliseconds is what it adds to your kind of like hang time, which is like a lot <laughs> in terms of vertical anyway. Yeah, which is pretty significant. <laughs> um, to say the least. Yeah, and it, it also scales up accordingly. Like I think if you have a higher jump, you actually have uh, more of a discrepancy versus like a force plate. So that's also something else people don't understand. Uh, anyways, yeah, so um, for perspective, Cami's a freak. <laughs> Let's talk about your sprint times now. Um, and actually this goes back to the training. And for those of you listening, uh, this can be kind of a lesson to you guys. But um, first off, Cami, what is your compliance like with the training? Like how one to 10, how compliance meaning like how closely do you follow follow the training? How, how would you say your compliance is? Um, I'd say like probably like nine and a half, like I try and follow it like, as strictly as possible. Sometimes I'll kind of like 
adding like a jump here and there just to kind of like warm up and like kind of like test myself for the day to see where I'm at but mm-hmm. you just try and kind of like stay to the plan and not um try and go off course too much yeah what do you think your what do you think your backs max for back squat is right now by the way you never actually said 115 for me yeah what do you think it is I think so I did it on Monday because you guys planned for me to do it then. So I did 110 and I moved it in 1.35 seconds, like okay. from a deep ass squat. squat. Yeah. Um, what was the meters per second that equated to? Um, meters per second. I think it was... Is it 0.7? 0.48 meters per okay. second, like meters per second. So for perspective on my maxes, and the more elastic you are, the more powerful you are generally speaking you can't get to those low velocities so let's say you peak at 0.3 or something like that that was average meters per second i'm assuming um so if your average was 0.3 and your peak was 0.7 or something like that i guess some people are around there um you probably have another i don't know maybe like three to uh, it really just depends on the person what do you think maybe three to five kilos or something like that maybe something like that because i i did try 120 but like just couldn't get it like had to fail well that's a that's a 22 pound jump so that's yeah, like, best, like yeah. you're supposed to go you're supposed to go for a one and you can ask isaiah i had the him do this you go for a one kilo pr and then from there you can make whatever jump you want to make that's generally what i recommend um so if you go and for those of you listening that want to know how to do max outs appropriately what i recommend is you go five reps at a really low relight super lightweight. Maybe you do some squats with the bar or something like that. Then I recommend going four at maybe 70%, three at 75 to 80, two at 85, and then you start your singles. So, you know, you'd have one at 90, one at 95, you know, and then the next thing I would do is I go 101% because you don't want to tie your max. You should go one kilo more than your max. And then from there you can make whatever jump you want to make, preferably small jumps either. I mean, really from there, it's a PR, so you can go to whatever you want. Some people like to make five kilo jumps. I personally like to make small jumps. So I'll go like, you know, two to three kilos or I'll try to hit a goal weight. So for me, it was 160 was what I was trying to back squat. So I would go, that's KG (laughs) for perspective. Um, So I would go up to like, you know, I think my PR was 155. So I'd hit 156 and then I'd try 160. Or if my max was one, I think at the time it was like 145. I was like, oh, I'm going to hit 146 and then go 150. And then I hit 150. And then I was like, okay, next time I'm going to go 145, then go 155 or something like that. Cause I know I can hit 150 and I'm not going to kill myself on that. So I'll try to make a bigger jump. Um, so that's one recommendation that I give for people. If you kind of know where you're at, at least, and you have set goals that you're trying to hit, which Cami sort of did, but 10 kilos is a hell of a jump. Um, so in terms of your relative to the weight, like, you got to realize that, that jump, that jump is, is the jump in weight is, is relative to the weight that you're using to start the jump from. So like if you're doing a hundred, you know, kgs and you're trying to jump 10% of that, it's 10 I mean, <laughs> pretty tough. That's like jumping. That's like going from, for Isaiah, that'd be like, we're going to go from 170 to 187. <laughs> like, well, that'd be you know, like, it's funny when Zay was here, uh, like a few weeks ago and he maxed out his front squat. He did that procedure that you just said, and he went like barely over what was it, three twenty-five? I did. Uh, Zay, pull the mic a little closer. Yeah, yeah, three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. Yeah, and then he yeah. jumped straight to three forty-five. Yeah. So, which oh. is, yeah. I also want to like 
mentioned the importance of warming up. So usually that's the procedure I do. Like if I'm going to go like for a heavy single or a max out today, I had like working out to a, like a really heavy single on front squat programmed in. And usually I would do that procedure, but I was trying to like rush and like get to the podcast. So I went, I literally <laughs> just did singles. Like I started 155, went straight to 205, which is a 50 pound jump. Then 225, 245, 295, another 50 pound jump. And then, and then 315, I failed it. I like couldn't get it up. <laughs> and I've been able, <laughs> I've been able to do 315 like, like easy fatigue, like for multiple reps these last, these last couple of weeks today. Like I like got it like a quarter of the way up and then I got dropped. I was like, well, that was a failure. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> you also didn't sleep out. last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and to like the other side of that too, is like the mental aspect of like, if you're rushing to be somewhere, you're not fully intentioned on like doing the lift to the best of your ability. Yeah, but he was yeah, trying to catch yeah. up on sleep because he was out late last night. So he was, instead of a 30-minute nap, he took a two-hour nap. So it was... <laughs> I was so disoriented when I woke up today. Like, I set an alarm, and then, like, I just woke up, and I was like, wait, something's wrong. <laughs> I looked at the time. It was two hours later. Yeah. Um, so back to back to Cami here on your numbers. Let's, uh, let's talk about the sprint times. When you started um working with us what kind of were your what were your sprint times how much were you training in general for sprinting and what are they now yeah so i measured it when i first started with thp i measured my sprints with just kind of like frame times so i do it from like first like hand movement that i could see and i think my best like 30 meter that i did at that point was about a 432 if i'm remembering rightly and that was on like a track with like spikes on and everything that's from your first hand movement right yeah, that was that's from your first hand movement. No, I'm saying that's like, from you. Your first hand movement is when you started the timer, right? Yeah, just from like first like visible kind of like hand movement. Okay. So 4:32 when I started, and then now I've clocked at about a 4.02. <laughs> okay, all right. For perspective, guys, for how fast this is from a three. That's from a three point, right? Yeah, three points. Okay, okay, all right. So. I'm going to give you some numbers. People, I think, realize, Isaiah, you know how fast I am, right? I'm pretty fast on a track, you'd say. Pretty fast. He'll, he'll blow the average Joe out of the water. <laughs> I blow the average Joe out of the water. Everyone thinks they're fast till they line up against me. That's usually what happens. Uh, reference, Austin Burke racing me two years ago, getting smoked. <laughs> Honestly, reference all of us. Like, I thought I was fast. Austin thought he was fast. CJ thought he was fast. And, and then they ran against until me. Until John came in. John just fast. randomly run, and I'm like, nope, not happening. <laughs> I'm pretty hey, I got, I got, I got fastish though. Okay, so Isaiah actually did when he came and trained with me. He entered the hyperbolic time chamber and got significantly faster. But again, back to the the numbers here. So for perspective, when I started training in 2015 for the decathlon, I think my best 30 meter sprint was a 4.25 from first hand movement, maybe maybe 4.28. And I think at the so Cami actually started pretty close to where I was. That was laser timing. Um, and then I think by the end, I think I had clipped four, one, three on turf and I was fast. I was very fast. I was running close to, I mean, okay. Relatively very fast, not compared to track guys. That was not very fast, but I was closing in on that seven second mark, which for a decathlete, uh, indoor is actually good. If you have good jumps and pole vault, you can kind of, uh, mitigate that, that time a little bit. But I mean, even at ACC's when I was at, when I was coaching at Duke, there weren't a ton of guys breaking under seven seconds. You're talking about division one track. I mean, yeah, is it the strongest division? No, but it's good track and field. And I don't, I don't even know how many guys eclipsed that seven second, uh, 60 meter mark, uh, seven second sprint in the 16.
is your you said four you said 402 is what you said yeah 4.02 that's that's moving if you can get under so what i've seen if you can get under four seconds in the 30 and you have good speed endurance then you have a very good chance of breaking that 11 second mark in the uh you know in in the 100 meter dash i've actually seen guys run 10 10 uh let's see 1090 1090s that barely break underneath that that four uh four second 30 meter time so if you have good reaction time good race you have decent speed endurance you could do it Kami's a little shorter so i don't know what his top speeds are do you know what your fly times are um i only know the 20 to 30 meter segment so i've got like a free lap timer as well so i clocked a 1.04 on the like 20 to 30 meter split that's still really good for that split <laughs> um i'd be curious to see what you'd hit in an all out split. If you can get that under a second, you're, you're starting to get moving pretty quick. Um, for perspective again, guys, when you look at elite, elite long jumpers, you're talking about guys that are under, or I mean, they could, they could hit 10, eight in meters per second, which is like 9.92 or something like that over a 10 meter fly. Super fast. Usain Bolt is like at 0.8, like he's hitting 12 meters per second. So that's talking about the fastest guy in the world. We are not even close to that as humans, like in this chat. Uh, <laughs> we're respectively good at our thing, but relatively in, in terms of speed, we're not even on that level. Um, so when you're looking at Cammy's speed and how much he improved, it's insane. You're talking massive, massive margins. You're talking almost, what, almost, was that like 8%? And it's been six-ish months or something like that. So his sprint time has gone way down. He is way faster not even not even on the same planet in terms of speed his bar speeds at given loads probably have gone way up so if his max back squat was say 100 what was your max back squat when you said you said 100 yeah 100 kilos so now he could probably move that twice as fast as what he could which means his rate of force development is significantly higher his max strength is significantly higher and his power clean is which again is another indicator of rate of force development is significantly higher along with the fact that his one foot jumping because you could say in my opinion the vertex was leaning but don't tell anyone uh <laughs> at dunk camp um is probably better or on par with that and so we are seeing all of these metrics climb forward and with that said it's almost like hey there's a storm brewing if you get as much adrenaline as cammy had when he was at dunk camp and go back and retest that vertical i would wager that he's probably going to test significantly higher. Um, so Cami, I guess, what is your lens on that? Do you agree with those statements? Do you disagree with those statements? What is your, yeah, what has your experience sure. been like training with us <laughs> with the results? Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. So I think as well. So like I tested like 37 and a half back in September. So I drove down and like met up with a bunch of guys from the UK because a lot of us kind of like dotted about the country. So it's kind of hard to get like a session in with everyone. I had to drive down, so I drove down six hours the day before, and then I had a two-hour drive on the day of the um, like testing, I guess as well. So I had that, and it, there wasn't as much hype as Dunk Camp. Like, there's just like so much hype at Dunk Camp. It's just kind of like hard to compare, I guess, to like um, just a regular Vertec test. Yeah. So I think now it's going to be like very interesting when you get back in that environment with these new metrics. Yeah. Cause I think we talked about this on a previous podcast. Adrenaline is like massively, massively important when you start talking about the arousal excitement, 
uh, arousal performance curve, the more you get into that zone for peak performance, you see crazy increases. So I think whenever Cammy starts getting around people that have never seen him jump before, or, uh, you know, uh, or people that maybe have seen him jump, but it's been a while, I actually anticipate that he might really, really impress some people. Um, so I'm super excited to see that. Uh, other than that, I think, um, I've kind of covered my questions on it. And, uh, maybe the last one I would say is how was this last cycle? And in general, the, the planning, the periodization, how would you compare this to, I guess, what you've seen in the community and you don't have to name drop or anything like that, but how do you view our training compared to the rest of the community? Yeah. So, um, I've never really trained like before I just trained myself, like through stuff that I'd learned. So I've, ne I've never really trained. Real quick, go into, like, go into the details about what you were doing before us. Cause it, it was, was still doing... good. It was still good in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how far back do you want me to go? Just like recent, uh, kind of maybe, maybe like a, maybe within like eight months of when you started working with us or a year or something like that. Yeah. So just before I started working with you, I was doing like a training cycle. So I basically wrote like a periodized training plan. So I worked from which like by the way is real quick. That's far and above what most jump programs would do right there. He actually periodized his plan. That is already immediately better than most training plans out there, but go on. <laughs> yeah. So I started off with like six reps in the first week and then I worked up to basically like singles and like really kind of like low volume singles and not really kind of like boosted my vertical up a lot doing that um so i just kind of like manipulate like the volumes and intensities and that's how i was kind of training before i joined so i had kind of a good i think i had a good training base for joining which and then how much were you jumping like just um, in general it seems like you jumped a lot all like growing up so growing up i didn't really do much jumping i did a lot of like just different sports though i did like um so i did sports i think like four days a week in like what we would call primary school over here but you would call it like, I think first to like seventh grade. So like middle school would it be or? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so I did like a lot of sports. I did like, um, so like, as you guys would call it soccer um, we call it football, but so soccer, um, I did lacrosse, I did like cross country um, and I did like football again. I did football like two times a week. And then I just kind of like, I'd love like playing in the playground and like just like running around and just having fun. Like, you know, that's standard kid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So then when did you really start jumping a lot? Like how old were you? It's been like what three, it has to be at least three years. I've been following you for at least three years. It's not like you're just like a greenhorn in on this. So it was 2016. That's when I kind of really kind of got into it. I started to jump more like in, um, like physical education and stuff at school. Cause like I saw one of my friends, he was like, I think about like six, six, one at the time. And he like barely touched the basketball net because he's like, because basketball is not really big over here. So people yeah. want, like, and he can't jump. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. He can't jump. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, maybe like four, 11, like five foot at the time. And I was like, well, I don't know. Why not try? So I just ran up, jumped off one and like touched it barely. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where it, that's kind when of, it like, started. What are you saying? I said, that's where it started. You realized, oh, I actually have a, like a knack for this thing. Like I can actually jump a little bit. Yeah, you well, touched, well, that you was touched when I was, like, the, 15, the rim. Like fast forward a year. Isaiah has a I, question. Like, yeah. It was, you touched the rim? No, the no, net. this is the bottom of the net. Oh, the net. Okay, okay. So he was 4'11". 4'11". Grabbing net. That's pre it's pretty good. His six one friend yeah. couldn't. Yeah, so then, like, fast forward a year, I kind of just, like, would jump just during, like, PE. So it would be maybe, like, once or twice a week that I would jump and, like, just kind of, like, try and touch the net, try and touch higher. And then, like, 
a year later, so when I was 16, as I was saying, I touched like this nine foot four rim, I think it was, like barely skiffed it like at the end of PE. So had quite Were a people lot of impressed? Football. Were people like impressed for how short you were, like jumping that high? Yeah, like I was known for like jumping like in school. <laughs> People were like, this kid, this 5'5 five, five kid, he's got bounce. He can't dunk yet, but he yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually crazy, which is maybe the last piece. And then on this note, unless Isaiah and Connor, you guys have questions for him. Um, so obviously working with us for, I guess it was what, three-ish months or something like that. And then you got your first dunk on nine, yeah. ten and a quarter. It was like a month, I think. It was like a month. This is crazy. So we took, yeah. not we, but yes, we. So I viewed Kami as like a project. I was like, look. This really short kid, I will get him to dunk. He is a speed jumper. I will make him better. <laughs> like, I will make him faster. I will make him stronger. I will make him more explosive. So we get Cami in on it. And the first thing we do is just really get his knee right, which took, I mean, Cami, it seemed like you were spending months trying to get that better. And then with us, it was like, look, give us about a month. We'll get your knee better. Got your knee yeah. better, which I would like to think I'm pretty good at. Uh, and then you started, I guess, had you even really trained at that point? Or you just kind of like went out there and did it? Um, so like, what, what do you mean today? Like you were just doing more or less the load management stuff. Like you hadn't really been pushing super hard in sprints or jumps or anything like that. Right. How yeah. long after you got your knee right that you did that? I think it was like, I don't know, like maybe a couple weeks or like a week even after that. <laughs> it's crazy. The same thing actually happened with Isaiah after he got healthy. He, uh, I think it was what, like, took you, I don't even know how long. Your knee was really bad, like, horrendously yeah. bad. It was, can you guys hear me, by the way? Oh, yeah, we can hear you. you turn up uh, your gain a little bit right. if you want. <laughs> All right. I just realized, like, I was hearing you guys through my laptop and not my headphones this whole time. <laughs> I'm kind of mad. Hunter's face palm. All right, I turned on. it on. I was like, whoa, it sounds so good. Um, <laughs> so I think it took me six weeks to be able to start uh, doing box jumps. And then maybe two weeks after that to start dunking. So it was like two months until I started being able to dunk again, like after I started the rehab process. Yeah. So I think it's like back to the vertical thing though. What would you say your vertical increase within that first two or three weeks back to max effort jumping? Uh, well, I guess vert, like dunk camp was the first time. Dunk camp. Yeah. <laughs> dunk camp was the first time testing my vertical. Um, but it, it went up like I could I could feel that I was jumping higher um, compared to before rehab. Like I, I improved my vertical just from the rehab. Itself. Yeah, that's what that's what the exact same thing he just said. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but he was like, yeah. dunk camp, right? No, this was the first dunk camp. No, this is the first dunk camp. First dunk camp? Okay. Yeah. So Isaiah yeah. was hurt going into that. And it was the same exact thing with Cammy. Took him well. It took Isaiah a little bit longer because I was still perfecting my craft. If you, yeah. you know, for patella tenopathy. Dunk camp was my, it was either, I think it was my second or third session, like ever in two months. Yeah. And it was like, look, we gotta, we gotta speed this up. We just gotta get this kid jumping again. Cause he's gonna yeah. show out. We rushed it. We did. And it, it yeah. worked sort of, but, um, we it taught me a lot talked about this at dunk well, we camp did at the, the camp. hotel yeah. room, John. Yeah. yeah. We, I think we did just like getting him back to normal, but it was crazy. Yeah. Cause it was like, look, he's back and now he's actually jumping higher. And Cammy had the same exact response. Um, and I think a lot of the time, when you look at, uh, you know, there's a lot of other people that have sort of started to deal with jumper's knee. You know, I see it all the time, go through bios. People are like, oh, get your knees better, jumper's knee, DM me, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care. Like, you know, we are the best at what we do for a reason. And just, if you're good at what you do, you don't really have to worry about it. 
But what oftentimes you see is like, after looking at a lot of these protocols, there's no return to play in a true sense, in the truest sense. There's no return to max effort jumping. And um, a lot of people have a hard time building that back into a program. And as soon as they go back to jumping, you might do strength. People just think, oh, I'll just do strength work for months. And I think, Cammy, this is where your issue was, right? You're like, oh, I'll just do strength work for months. I'll get my squat way up. I'll get my deadlift way up. I'll get my clean way up, whatever else. And then when I come back to jumping, I just won't have pain. That's just how it's going to be. And if you guys, if anyone has worked with me, you know that that's not how I address uh, patella tendinopathy. To some degree, yes. But um, when you're really getting into it, there's another step or two that you need to progress back to that. And part of that is actually building into the jumping and doing it appropriately. And so Cami um, experienced that. I'm not going to go into the details because that's why I have a business. Uh, but um, Cami went through that protocol. Isaiah went through that protocol. I went through that protocol. And through the training, through that rehab, through that specificity that we were able to build in in, a, in appropriate manners, you're able to see someone come back one, one week into training and then, you know, get their first dunk on nine, 10 and a quarter, nine, 10 and a half, which, uh, I don't know. Did that, did that increase your buy-in Cammy? I think so. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Cammy also said he was going to do a review of the training. So he said he wouldn't, he would, uh, say bad things about us too. And I'm curious to hear what he's, what he's got to say. I haven't heard anything bad yet, but did you put that video out officially? I haven't seen it. I've not done it yet. I'm going to be doing it soon though. Hopefully. Are you going to, are you going to talk shit? Nah, don't worry. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, it makes us better. Talk a it makes us shit. better. <laughs> like, that's not, well, I saw someone actually did do like a review, but they didn't actually do the training. So I thought that was yeah. Like, we saw that they did. They looked. They just looked <laughs> yeah. at one week of training and drew conclusions on our training modalities by looking at our very first week that we programmed for this individual. Yeah, which is and the the reason they put the other program ahead of ours, they said that the other one was like more like fleshed out like it had like it like had different variations and stuff meanwhile we got like 50 million different cycles that's like yeah and then we like, cater cater within that and people are like have no like unless you do it you don't know that you know what i mean unless like you've been doing it for a while like cammy you've seen iterations and like if you see the training on paper you see it and you're like oh this looks okay i mean you can just look at it and you're like oh, it's got squats it's got cleans it's got through a chain it's got sprints but when you start to get into the minutia of it i think that's when you and you go through it i think that's when you start to see the levels of complexity i don't know if that's been your experience with it but at least that's what i think after having done it and coached it for years um so it's like interesting uh whenever other people are just like ah, it looks good it's got good stuff but you know the product and i'm like dude you don't even understand how much is actually like going into this process there's like so much so much time and effort on my end years and years and years and it's not just like this thing i put together through my experience like you're talking anecdotal evidence from every single client i've ever coached their feedback my own experiences isaiah's own experiences the conglomeration of all that having done everything in the in the you know basically on the market and then coming back and saying like okay what's the best product we can do how can we make this better and how can we continue to make it better through time and then you look at the numbers and it's like look these are realistic. This is realistic progress. You know, it's, this is someone it's who's cool seeing like, <laughs> it's cool seeing the progression of how the, the programs you write has developed. Cause I remember, I remember when you first came on the scene with like Austin and I think you were training like Nico or something like that. And like, they couldn't, they couldn't I handle remember, it. It was too much. Yeah. I remember it was just OD like crazy. 
and then you no, they're just soft me. they're just soft that's all and then you took you took me through the rehab process and then kind of trained me you know, like around jump session then you started training other dunkers and stuff and then right before uh the last time i started working with you officially like for strictly jump training not knee rehab i remember austin he got on it like it was like a couple weeks before and like he got he got on the training and then he's like he's like bro he's like it's crazy like like the influence you've had on the training i was like what you mean and, I, and he, he was like now there's like isometric before every workout like there's one dunk session per week like it says dunk session all that stuff i was like oh that's pretty dope and then like a couple of days after i was like yo like put, put me on john like yeah, so, it yeah definitely... it's, it's cool seeing like that that's what's cool i think about thp though is like we're all continuously learning like we're doing continuing ed and stuff like that like john he'll he'll read something new about like like some new research about jump training and he'll think about a way to implement that with like yeah. certain athletes and like if people I think, think of really john's cool. instagram posts are complicated when he tries to explain something <laughs> imagine that unfiltered in in like a call together as he like tries to teach us more so that we can continue to like provide better service like it, it's insane i think that john posted a story the i other like day, those and like cammy is a good example of this and so is isaiah and so am i like i will be that the training has taken people to from being good to great and it's also taking great athletes to being even more elite and it's, class. it's crazy because there's there's not there's not an athlete that can't be catered to and brought up the spectrum of where they are jumping wise like it making it someone who's time. good way better is so much harder than making just some random person a little better it's like it's like you know if you have this dude that's never jumped a day and it's like newbie gains dude newbie gains you do any program you're gonna see newbie gains it's like basic and, and everyone here has saw that but when you start really getting into the minutia of things, you really start dialing in the training. You really start trying to figure out, okay, what are the things that are actually making a difference month to month, year to year? What are the things that are making people better for the type of jumper that they are? And how do I integrate those things all while keeping them healthy at the same time, which is also tough. Cami, I know you've had issues with hamstring and we had to <laughs> build that back up accordingly. Um, so, I mean, it, it, like that's a part of the training process, I think. You know, it's like, I don't know any super elite athlete that has never had an injury i mean that just at some yeah, point in well, their career and, yeah. you know if you're I mean? pushing it to the limits sometimes it's going to break but yeah i mean like to bring this full circle came i'd love to know for the people that might be on the fence out there that are really you know deciding whether or not they want to jump on board do you have any any words for these athletes out there yeah so so since i've known john since like well i've not known i've known him over instagram i guess since like 2018 <laughs> like I, I knew like i knew he had the like coaching service back then it wasn't like really official but he had like the service it and, existed like, the one thing I think now, yeah the one thing i think now though is like i just wish that i did it sooner because like i'd be at even like an even better level than i am now if i'd done it are we paying you soon. to say that are we paying you to say that <laughs> No, I'm not getting endorsed, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, no, that's that's big though. Like, I can't imagine where I'd be if like I had this when I was 16. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I played that, I played college baseball. Like, I wish I had this in college. I mean, it's why I put my 13 year old sister on John's program. I mean, she's a soccer player. <laughs> like, I got exposed to this, and I was like, oh my god, if I would have started this my freshman year of high school, like, how much different would I have been? And I called up my parents and I said, look, like, you don't get a discount. But you need to put Liza and Catherine on this program like ASAP. And they were like, uh, okay. And then you, and then you told them what the price was. Right now, sign them up. Let's make them freaks. 
and one plays golf and she's a top 300 uh, golfer in the world for her age and the other is a oh i didn't know it was in the world yeah, i thought that the, was high school no in the world and for like, her age i thought i'm sorry i thought i thought it was in the u.s i'm sorry i didn't no, know for that. her age she's top 300 in the world and then the younger one is a pretty good soccer player just looking to increase overall athleticism and like there was no doubt in my mind once i like really joined the team and got to take a look behind the scenes and see how legitimate everything was i called my parents up immediately and said look stop stop paying for the in-person training like Hey, John, get them freaky <laughs> yeah. and let's see how crazy things can get. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and I, it's crazy. I feel like you guys are gassing me up. I don't know how to handle all this. I got to get a sweat. Yeah, over yeah. Here. here, let me gas you up more, John. <laughs> so like oh when I met John at the first dunk camp, like Zay had just started <laughs> with him and I had been doing, you know, other programs. I, I've done so many programs in the last few years that it's like insane. And I've basically seen everything that's out there right now. And like watching Zay basically transform from being like pretty freaky to just giga freaky over the last year and a half. And then realizing like, oh man, he was my roommate. Like I could have just committed hard right then and I could be a giga freak also. Like, yeah, dang. Yeah. <laughs> like right. I wasted it's a tough. half. Not but really. It's a hard, it's it's a hard pill commercial to swallow. for THP. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. It sounds like that. No, yeah. it's not. Want to be giga too. freaky? The thing is like, it's just... It's like perception versus reality. It's like, look, this is not perception. This is just reality. Is that the case for every athlete that stays on for six months to a year to two years? Actually, yes. <laughs> like, if yeah, you're going to commit for that long, if you're, if you're in and you're really in, I will promise you that I will train you harder, more efficiently, and more science, uh, I guess you could say science-backed, evidence-based than any other person in the space because – I, I, if you were to compare me to the other professionals in the field and other sports or whatever else, like they would look at it and they'd be like, yeah, this is great. Super robust, great plan, whatever else. And you're talking about people that are working with Olympic sprinters. You're talking about people that are working with Olympic bobsled. So whenever like I am compared to people that are like, you know, in my opinion, I'm like, this is a joke. Like in our space, if you did this in my space, in my world in track and field or elite weightlifting or, um, you know, a bobsled or whatever, they would look at this program and they would laugh. And like, that's just reality. <laughs> like, so I don't know. It's kind of funny whenever you, you see those different, um, different lens, but a lot of people don't have the per perspective or they don't understand reality. It's like, look, yeah. like you, this is reality. This is like, you, you have know. to train. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also funny when people start to learn more and then the, as they learn more, they realize like, Oh, I'm just reading research and everything I'm reading is just right in line with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like yeah, Igor, it's, it's Igor Daniel said that. I felt that way, like extremely. I was like, oh, I, I really think that I'm like starting to get a grasp of what training needs to be. And then I've had some like long conversations with John and now I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm still learning a lot. Jeez, All I right, like Cam, you got any, uh, you got any ending thoughts, ending comments you want to make? Ending thoughts. Uh, final so, remarks. Yeah, any final <laughs> remarks. Dunk on no Zay. final remarks. Yeah, yeah good dunk yeah. on Zay. All right, guys. Well, on that note, we will close it out. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, we didn't mean to make this an infomotion at all, but uh, without further ado, if you're looking for training, go to thbstrength.com. You can sign up for training. <laughs> and you'll have access to all of us as coaches. Um, we do believe that we deliver one of the best services uh, at a price that is literally equivalent to one personal training session, and we will give you 25-plus sessions um, in a month. So it's kind of unbeatable in that sense. Um, so you guys are welcome to go check that out. Make sure you like this video, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also, Cammie, what's your, what's your 
at so we can we can shout you out. Just Cami Dunks. That's the at on like all social media platforms. Check him out. Just when Kami he says Dunks. he does Asta Grass squats, it's no joke. And then it is no joke. He's yeah. very strong. Subscribe to the podcast. Also, if, and if, you rate, if you rate us five stars, take a screenshot, send it to us, and we'll shout you out on Instagram. For sure. So, all right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.